everyone's always talking about hustling. And, you know, if I'm not working a hundred hours a week in my business, then, you know, am I even a good entrepreneur? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I believe that for so long. And that's why we're starting this third brand, find your freedom. And one of the core beliefs is like, hustle is not the way to success or happiness and sustainable like you can't sustain that I mean in my early 20s maybe but it came at the sacrifice of a lot of a lot of things that were important to me at that time Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. If you want to work smarter and not harder than today is your episode, uh, get your pen, your notepad, however you want to take notes, get that out and ready because you will be writing down all of the tips that my guest has for you today. Laura Murphy is with me. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur based in New Jersey. She is a wedding and portrait photographer at Laura Lee Photography, a branding photographer at Laura Lee Creative, and an educator with Find Your Freedom Co. Today, she's bringing super actionable steps for you to set up automations, workflows, and systems in your business to streamline your work, maximize your productivity, and create more time for you to spend on what you want to. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, my guest today is Laura Murphy of Laura Lee Creative, and we are going to be talking about um, how to have an efficient 20-hour work week. Um, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. This is fun. Yeah. I love podcast interviews. Yay, yay. I'm excited for you to be here. I also love doing podcast interviews. Um, it is it is something that I've grown into. It was very um I'm I definitely fall in the introvert scale, or I guess I fall in the introvert category of that scale. Um, so being like a face, like people watching me and having to, to talk and, and all these things is not my forte. Um, but, um, uh, but it's been fun. I I've really enjoyed it. It's been over a couple of years now. Um, I think I'm getting better at talking. Um, like even in my, in my regular life, uh, just talking in groups and stuff I'm like, Oh, I can actually like form the words that I need to say at the time instead of <laughs> mumbling, uh, or fumbling over all the things. That um, was me growing up all the time. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, but yeah, well, I'm excited for today's topic. Um, uh, just for, for anyone um, who doesn't know you, I would love to do a little um, uh, behind the scenes, or not behind the scenes, a little background of uh, where you're based and, and what you do. Yeah, so do a lot of things. So I'm like cool. the definition of a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I am from New Jersey. I am recently married twice to the same guy. Um, we were a COVID ceremony in 2020, and then we had our wedding this year. Okay, so, cool. I was going to ask how that how that works, but that's cool. Yeah. 
So um, I started wedding photography in 2013 was the first wedding that I photographed. And I think I probably had one or two engagement sessions in 2012, but had my first two. And my assistant asked me yesterday, she's like, what did you charge for those first two weddings? I was like $500 um, and lost money because I had to rent equipment. But I have done, you know, over couple hundred weddings and then started brand photography in 2014 I think before brand photography was a thing that was not branding wasn't even really a thing so I didn't know what to call it it was like environmental portraiture of people doing what they're passionate about (laughs) (laughs) this is fun and I really really liked that and I didn't realize how much I liked it until a couple years ago when it started becoming a little bit more mainstream And so I have been working on pivoting the weddings towards brands. So I have three, I have three businesses. So we have Lorelei Photography, which is weddings, family, newborn, maternity, like only for my past couples, because I just love seeing them over and over Mm. again. And then Lorelei Creative is where I do brand photography, business coaching, and workflow strategy. And then we have courses and a shop and all that stuff too, but I'm branching that into its own brand. Cause I'm like, it's not about me. It's about you guys. And so it's going to be find your freedom. Co is the brand for all of the things that are going to be shop courses, group coaching. Eventually we're going to have a summer camp for creative entrepreneurs. So Fun. that is the 2022 winter plan. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's like summer camp, like, full on with like the blob and everything full, full on like <laughs> archery tug of war yes. cabins. you're going to be in little mastermind groups in your cabins and you're <laughs> going to have color-coded t-shirts and you're going to tug of war with other cabins oh it's going to be so good <laughs> that sounds cool cool i'll just go ahead and give you my money now and get a get a <laughs> seat know, people every time I'm like I like light up talking about it I've been planning it for four years but it is wholly expensive um to rent a summer camp for four days for 200 oh yeah I would imagine saving um that's that's my big goal nice that's very exciting that's 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 a lot uh that is a lot that you have going on um I the summer camp thing really excites me because I was I was homeschooled and then also um, my parents didn't really like, like sending us away anywhere. So I didn't get to do like sleepovers as a kid. I didn't get to do like, you know, summer camp or anything like that. I didn't do that until I was a counselor at a summer camp, um, when I was like 19 and I was like, this is so much fun. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that sounds amazing. Like business and learning and networking and like growth coaching all together plus summer camp. Um, Yeah. I love that idea. Um, I, I, I love all of those, all those separate things that you do. Um, and the, the, the brand photography, it's funny because I also like started my business in 2013 doing weddings and everything. And now I'm pivoting more into brand photography and, uh, educational stuff as well. So it's like, Oh yeah. Like I feel you with all the different, all the different things, there's there's a question that I really love asking all of my guests because it's just so many different answers and I love just learning all the things. Um, is there a piece of advice or a lesson or something that has 
change the way that you look at business or just your general outlook on life? Yes. Uh, work smarter, not harder for sure. Um, somebody, one of our woodshop teachers in college. So yes, I had a woodshop class in college. I was an interior architecture major. He would always be like, you know, measure twice, cut once, work smarter, not harder. It was written on the chalkboard and I didn't really get the concept as much as I do now back in college. And I was just pulling all nighters Mm -hmm. four times a week. And I don't know how anybody's body actually does that, but that definitely carried on into the beginning of my business. And I was like, how do people actually run businesses? Because I'm exhausted all the time. I'm working a hundred hours a week. This is so stupid. And I just, I don't know, it popped into my head and then I got really obsessed with doing that. And then that led down to the road of workflows and systems and efficiency. And my husband's like really big into efficiency and systems and stuff too. He's a project manager for his architecture firm, but I'm just like, man, that is just the best advice I could follow because there's always a smarter, better, easier, faster way to do something. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was something that I I like picked up on getting into like after college and then getting into the workforce and everything. I was like, oh yeah, this is it just makes more sense to work smarter and to find those those places that you can kind of get automation set up and, and that kind of stuff. Um I I worked at a like my nine to five was at a precision sheet metal company before this, um, which is not related to photography at all um, or my degree. Um, but uh, like a lot of the guys there, I would uh, I would or other people would say something about like, oh, well, like we should do it this way or we should like buy this thing that will just streamline this whole process and we'll be saving this many hours and and all that. And they're like, well, this is just the way we've always done it. So we're just going to do it this way. And that really annoyed me. I was like, why would you continue to do it that way uh-huh. when it could be easier and you don't have to work as hard? Yeah. Um, and I feel like sometimes us uh, like entrepreneurs, we get into that mindset too of like, well, this is the way that I know how to work in my business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone's always talking about hustling. And, you know, if I'm not working a hundred hours a week in my business, then you know, am I even a good entrepreneur? Yeah, totally. And I believe that for so long. And that's why we're starting this third brand, find your freedom. And one of the core beliefs is like, hustle is not the way to success or happiness and sustainability. Like you can't sustain that. I mean, in my early twenties, maybe, but it came at the sacrifice of a lot of a lot of things that were important to me at that time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's always, I feel like our, our, um, our priorities also shift. Um, it was like my early twenties also, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to work. Uh, anytime that I had free time, I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll work some more. I had had three or four jobs at like 23, 24, uh, whenever yeah. my wife and I met and, uh, and she also had like three or four jobs. And then Mm -hmm. we were just working all the time. And then once we were like, Oh wait, no, you're my priority. Now I want to spend time with you and not go work my weekend job. Um, 
it's a, you know, I think our mindset also changes uh, and there's definitely a season for hustle, but um, there's also like better ways of hustling um, yeah. too, yes. uh, which I know you talked a lot about like workflows and automations at uh, show at United this year. Um, how can, how can the listeners like determine which tasks they should automate and like which ones are are good to do that and which ones are, are better for like that personal touch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so workflows, I feel like I'm going to like back up to answer this. So thing that I have found to help me work smarter always is creating a workflow and a system. And within that system, there's going to be automations. So I think I had a really good analogy at United, at least I thought it was good of like a workflow becomes like the Alexa for your business projects. And when you have a automated workflow set up within a CRM, which is a client relationship management software, your CRM can tell you every single day, this is what's due for this project. So it's like Alexa, if you're like, Alexa, tell me the water, tell me to water the plants at two o'clock. She's going to remind you. So you're getting a daily reminder of everything that you should be doing across every single project, which as you grow, I mean, I feel like beyond five projects, it's so necessary, at least for me, I'm a very scatterbrained person, which is why I need workflows. People think that I'm naturally organized. I am not. Um, It's like a very forced learned trait, but (laughs) I would say for automations, they're You can automate everything, but the way that I like to think of it is that it's either partial automation or you're just automating the reminder to do something. So the reason that I love automation, um, I mean, it's twofold. So one, I don't have to think. I I don't go to bed and think, did I send this questionnaire to Demi and Dan? Did Did I send their album contract to them? Or did I get that invoice out? Like all of that is built into the workflow. And I just go in every day into a automated Alexa task management list. And I'd say, okay, I have to do this, this, and this, and this, and then I can go to sleep. So um, everything can be automated as far as reminding you goes, but then the things that are more, even more automated, I feel like there's like three levels here. So you're automating reminders, automating as in creating templates. So this is what I call partial automation. So anything that's going to be an email template, a questionnaire template, um, a contract template proposal, something like that. Those are all things that can be 95% automated. So you're creating a template to get you 95% of the way there. And then maybe you are just customizing the proposal or you are writing a you know, personalized sentence in the email before sending it out. So all of those things are just like quick glance, send it off, but they're still populating and they're automated and you're not starting an email from nothing. Um, and then the top level of automation would just be like, let your CRM or things happen behind the scenes without you touching it at all. Um, I think that's really good within my like photography workflow for service-based. I always automate the email that happens before or sorry, after they sign the contract, I have an automated email that goes out and just says like, 
thank you so much. I received your signed contract and retainer and you're officially on my calendar. Expect to see, expect to receive a few more onboarding emails from me over the next couple of weeks to help in your wedding planning process or brand photography session planning process or whatever that service is. So I automate that one. And then sometimes I will automate questionnaires as well. And if you're going to fully automate things, you just need to make sure that your email template that goes with things is generic enough that it makes sense to right. everybody yeah. getting it. Because um, I have totally accidentally, when I set up my CRM at first, I sent 17 emails to one of my brides that just said like, hi, spouse one and spouse two. And I was trying to just like delete them from the workflow and I didn't realize checking them off would send it. And I sent her 17 emails and then I texted her. I was like, can you just archive everything I just sent you? And like, don't even look at them. Hey, John, you got a sec? Yeah, friend with the same exact voice as mine. What's up? Do you enjoy going to the post office? You know, I really don't. Those long lines and maybe there's that little like kiosk thing that works sometimes, but the postage doesn't always print and then you have to wait in the long line anyway. So yeah, no. Why do you ask? Well, I think that ShipStation would be perfect for you. ShipStation is a web-based shipping and order management software that makes shipping products so much easier. You can set up automations for your e-commerce site to print postage directly from home automatically. Seriously, it has been a game changer for me and my business. You can easily print and purchase postage directly from your computer right at home or wherever your computer is. And you can get those packages out to your valued clients quicker and with less hassle than traditional shipping methods. That's cool. All right. You got me. How do I sign up? You can sign up for a free 60 day trial at lightdarkco.com slash ship station. That's lightdarkco.com slash ship station and i'll see you anywhere but the post office cool thanks friend and by the way love your voice thanks so those are like the three levels of automation um within a workflow but then you can obviously also automate things like posting um all of your instagram images to pinterest like you know nobody Nobody needs to approve that ahead of time. You can do that with an app like IFTTT, um, which is if this, then that, or things like Zapier, like any admin data entry type tasks. Like if you want to send a type form to somebody and go into a Google spreadsheet, that can be automated. Um, and like creating projects in ClickUp can be automated from a Zap with HoneyBook. So I do certain things in ClickUp and certain things in HoneyBook. Um, so you can kind of automate those like tech type things too. Yeah, man, that is so much. Yeah, that's even more than I was thinking like for automations for myself because I definitely need to set up more automations and more templates and things. Like I have a pretty good system for like email templates because I've spent way too, way too many years just... Yeah writing every single one 
and I was like, I had a script in my head and I was like, oh yeah, thanks for reaching out and all these things. And, was, and eventually I got to where I like save that in a draft folder on my Gmail and, um, and, but still it was, I was still writing so much. And now like with, with my templates, I have, like you were saying that one, one sentence that I customize mm-hmm. for them and I can, I can finish that in like 20 seconds. It's like, is not a lot going in. I don't have to go through and read through everything, make sure, um, cause it's got like my, my CRM has a bunch of the automated tokens there to like replace their, the spouse one and spouse two yeah. names and that kind of stuff, which is super helpful. If you don't have a CRM, definitely, you know, yes. if you're like, like Laura, what you were saying with, if you're doing like more than five, uh, five events, five jobs, a CRM is definitely where you need to be. I waited way too long. I had like, I think 17 in a year and I was trying to keep track of everything and all the notes and I had paper notes. I still have my file box of my paper notes. Me too. Yeah. Weren't a thing when you and I started, I think 17 hats was the first one for small business owners. And that Mm -hmm. was I remember correctly, I think it came out like end of 2014, 2015. And I was like, I don't, I, somehow I got an ad or something for it. And I was just like, what is this magic sorcery? <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, and then I've probably tried every single CRM out there because now we're a CRM specialist. But um, yeah, they're so, they're so great. They're, they're so great. Yeah. I, I found Trello way back in, I don't know, probably 2011 or so, um, and or maybe 2012, and and it was just a coworker of mine was using Trello to organize her jobs at work, and I was like, oh, that's that's great because it was just like you move just a little card over to like working on it and then done, and mm-hmm. it wasn't much, but it was something that I can like organize and have everyone's names and their dates yeah. together, and but yeah, CRMs are way way beyond that um I got my whole photo I was a photo editor before I went full-time with mm. my own business and it was a commercial studio and I was the photoshopper and I got the whole whole studio there's like 35 of us or something like that on Trello because I was like you people need like the photographers, you need to tell me when things are coming in so I can plan the day and plan the editing team and like all of that. And don't just walk over here. And the studio was huge. So it was like, I swear I would walk like five miles a day, just going to the bathroom and back. And I was just like, okay, you guys just put a card in Trello and assign it to me instead of spending 10 minutes walking across the studio to my desk. And they're like, right. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use Trello anymore. I use ClickUp, but same, same idea. So good. So yeah. helpful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any sort of organization just, it really helps because I'm also scatterbrained. I'm just so many squirrels all over the place. I'm mm-hmm. just always grabbing my attention and having something that can help me organize things is so helpful and send reminders like you were saying like that uh let's see that was the first phase of automations the uh yeah. like the the so reminding kind of like to do uh, tasks yeah so it's i think when um during the show at talk i talked about having um systems for manual tasks and then you have 
your templated uh templated templates uh, <laughs> what am I trying to say I haven't had coffee yet um, you have like your email templates questionnaires proposals contracts things that you can create templates for and then uh, I call the other type of template a base template so if it's a photographer listening and you have to create timelines I have a base template for an eight hour with first look and without first look nine hour with and without 10 hour with and without 11 hour with and without um, and then like elopement packages. So I just use the template and then I fill in from there. And the other day I was training my assistant on how to create a timeline. And she was just like, oh, oh wow, this is, this is awesome. I was like, yeah, I could do it in 30 seconds now. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, it used to take me like eight hours to make a wedding day timeline, but create all these base templates. So yeah, that's, um, Level one is those reminders, um, which are the manual tasks that you would do. And it's just basically telling yourself. So the way that automations work, I feel like this is important to explain, um, is if, if you're automating something within a workflow. So a workflow is going to be your step-by-step process of everything you do on the back end and the client facing side. And I know that's something you want to get into talking about too, Um, but it is everything that you do from the second that that contact form comes in for a project all the way through delivering the final gallery or final album. So my wedding workflow is 169 steps. It's over the course of, you know, sometimes two years and I think people make their, they think their workflow is just like a couple of tasks or a couple of random automated emails. That is not what a workflow is. It's like, I don't have to think about anything. And especially during COVID this, like this year and next year, it is the wedding industry is flooded. You have, everybody has so many projects. And I think this year between Laurelly Creative and Laurelly Photography, we had somewhere probably between like three to 400 um, when you count inquiries and leads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how, how on earth would I know anything to do for these? I would never sleep. Um, and so the automation works based on a trigger. So within your CRM, the workflow is made up of actions and triggers. So an action can be something like create a task, send an email, send a questionnaire. Those are all your actions. It's what you are doing. And then the trigger is when it's happening and what is happening before or after it to say, this is when it's due. So it can be triggered based on a project date. So either a wedding date or a brand session date or a coaching call date or podcast interview date. Um, So like you could literally put all of your podcast guests in your CRM if you wanted to with the dates of their interview. And then you can have your emails automate based on when their interview is of like getting ready for it and stuff like that. Um, So you can automate based on that. You can automate based on when something is done. So it can either be when a contract is signed or a questionnaire is submitted. And so for me, like a simple one is review questionnaire after questionnaire is submitted. Um, and then send a thank you, send a 
email to schedule engagement session after engagement session questionnaire is submitted. So those are the triggers and they will automate the, the CRM will just like read that that action has been completed mm -hmm. and then it'll say, okay, now it's time to send this email. So I'm never having to think about when to schedule people or whatever, because it's just based on all these triggers. It's kind of, I call it, it's either like a domino, one domino falls and then the rest fall because it's like one thing is based on the next thing happening or it's an independent task, which is when I use the project date trigger of, you know, sending a questionnaire, nothing really ha has to happen before or after that. So I just call that as like a little independent domino. Okay, cool. That was, that was the question I was going to have was like, you know, with wedding photography, there's sometimes they're booking you 18 months in advance of the wedding date. And sometimes it's six months in advance. And it's like, it's all different. And like when they're going to do their engagement session and all that. Um, but that makes sense that if, if you have like that engagement questionnaire going out so many months before the the date then you don't have to be like oh okay well i gotta figure out when to do this but it's already automated to go out yeah. at a specific time yeah and you can also automate based on when the workflow is activated or like when the contract is signed so for that example specifically i know that as soon as people are putting down money for wedding photography they're thinking about their engagement session immediately so i have that triggered pretty soon in my workflow. So I think it's, uh, I don't know, 14 days after the workflow is activated. So like as soon as they become a, a client um, okay. and then that goes out and then things are like triggered based off of them answering and follow-ups if they don't answer and stuff like that. Nice. Nice. The, so it sounds, I mean, for anyone who's, who's listening and it's just like, I have zero of these in place right now. This sounds like a lot. Is it a pretty big undertaking to just like put all of these together or are there like phases that you suggest, like if you're going to do anything like easing into automations and workflows, like do this first? Yes. Um, I would always start first with your, so I'm going to back up to answer this too. Go for so it. Yeah. There are, um, the way I teach is that there are five stages of any service-based workflow. If somebody has like a product business, that would be a little bit different, but still kind of similar. Um, so you would have the inquiry phase, booking, onboarding, fulfillment, which is actually delivering all of your deliverables. So for photographers, shooting the wedding, the session, um, sending the gifts, creating the timeline, like anything that's in your contract that you have to deliver and then offboarding. So once everything is delivered, as far as your contract proposal goes, offboarding, asking for a testimonial, stuff like that. So it's really helpful to first just break down what all the phases are. And I also teach to break down your fulfillment phase into chapters because especially for somebody in the wedding industry, you're working with somebody for so long. And there yeah. are so when people start to write down how many things they actually do, they're like, why was this ever kept in my head? <laughs> and so I break them down. I just call it, it's like the table of contents for your workflow and it's just little chapters. So for me, it's like engagement session, 
um, pre-engagement session, engagement session prep, which is going to be stuff with my gear and like packing the gift and stuff like that, shooting it post-production and then pre-wedding planning, wedding prep, shooting the wedding, post-production, album design. Like those are all within fulfillment because my deliverables are album, wedding, engagement, the gallery, stuff like that. So um, my chapters of fulfillment are based around those del deliverables. Um, so I think fulfillment is the hardest part to do when it comes to workflow because it's generally the longest for most people. So yeah. I would recommend that if people just want to try to get their feet wet with workflows, starting with creating an inquiry workflow, because if you think about it, that's also the one that you're doing the most because most people are not having a hundred percent booking rate. So it's not like every inquiry becomes somebody who needs fulfillment. And I do separate those in my CRM anyway. It's like inquiry and then booked client goes through booking all the way through offboarding in one complete workflow automation. Um, that's just a bajillion steps long. But an inquiry workflow is where I would start. And I, I could go into so much depth, but I'll try not to be like <laughs> overwhelming. But there's just, just think through in any section what, what's important for the client experience in this part of the workflow, what is important as far as email templates go, what actions need to happen. I think a lot of people are like, I have an inquiry workflow and they have like one automated email with a pricing link. And then I'm like, well, where are your follow-ups? What about a consultation? What about thanking them for the consult or following up after the meeting or sending a customer proposal? Like those are all things included in the inquiry workflow or should, should be anyway. Um, so that's where I would start. Um, and the cool thing is if people are set up on a CRM, oh, I would say every CRM that I know of, you can connect your inquiry workflow to your contact form. So, so long as you are using a contact form that the CRM has in their little toolkit, um, you can say, when this contact form comes through, attach this inquiry workflow and then your CRM will start saying hey call this person or text this person because they just inquired and say that you're available for their project um send this email on this day send this follow-up if they don't answer so um that's where I would start because it's the shortest one and the one that people do the most well I think that yeah I the the whole inquiry process that like putting that down into actionable steps and like this is what I need to do every single time someone inquires helped so much um, because I would have like I would I didn't have those automations and like those those tasks reminding me of like hey you need to uh, send the follow up because you sent over that proposal two days ago and that kind of stuff. Um, which whenever I left um, United, uh, I had like a three-hour layover. Um, actually, no, I had a six-hour layover in LA to fly from Arizona to LA to Texas. It was, it was interesting. Uh, the airlines are a little crazy right now. But I had a long layover, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to work a little bit on my workflows. So I like pulled out my, my notes app on my phone and just was, like you were saying, thinking through when someone inquires what's the first task that I need to do? Then what's the next one? And then I would 
I would forget things or like some, something would, would come up like, Oh yeah, I do. I do this also. And then I can just go up there and then add that in. Um, and it took like maybe 20 minutes just sitting there to think through the whole inquiry process. So if you're listening to this and you're like, this sounds like a lot, I don't have this much time. Like you can, you can make that time uh, to just sit there. Like you don't have to go through the whole like 169 step process of everything in two years. Um, You can, like you were saying, just kind of like bite size, start with the inquiry process and then move on from there. Um, Yeah. And what people are going to want to figure out is it's really when you break it down to the most simplest, simplest terms, it's what is the action and what is the trigger, aka what am I doing and when is this happening in relation to either when the workflow is activated, the project date, or a previous task or something else happening. So um, they're going to need to know what their CRM's triggers are um, before they can do that because every CRM has different capabilities as far as that automation triggers go. Um, but a to-do list, like I think I said this at um, United, creating a workflow is great when you have, you know, you have this gigantic checklist of everything you do, when you're supposed to do it, whatever, but it's not helpful to just keep in this checklist or note or anything, just putting, taking that and then putting into your CRM system is the magic game changer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, baby steps. I still have so much more than I need to do. The fulfillment portion, uh, for sure. I mean, my, so I use Tave for my CRM and it comes with workflows, which oh, cool. super helpful. Um, so it has some basic workflows like for, uh, for a wedding, I think it has maybe, uh, 25 to 30, uh, tasks between booking, to fulfillment, to completion and, and all that. Um, but there's a lot of like little tasks in between that it, it doesn't cover, um, which is, I mean, I'm sure that's why they set it up. Like here's a starting point and now you tweak it for however you need to. Um, but I definitely need to do that because there are some things that, that I do, especially with like with albums and with in-person sales and that kind of stuff it doesn't really have too much workflow in there. And I have to remember, oh yeah, I need to send this, you know, second proof design to them to get this approved before we go to the printer and all that. Um, so that's on my, my to-do list over um, like holidays are crazy right now. Um, and lots of weddings through the end of the year, um, which I guess if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, it, it is the new year. This is yeah. the, the first episode of 2022. So happy new year, everyone. Um, but like starting in January, I get to slow down a little bit, not as much work on purpose. I like was turning away stuff so that I can work a little bit more on my business and getting workflows done. Cause I've been, uh, it, I feel like overwhelm comes from um, not having good, uh, systems in place where you're just like, I don't even know where to start. Like you have a to-do list and you're like, I don't know which one is priority. And yep. I, I can start on this. Maybe, I don't know. This is a five minute task. I can do that. 
And um, yeah, so I'm I'm like wanting to get more into that because I, I feel like I have a, a fairly okay workflow and and system and everything, but there are definitely some areas that um, are not not okay. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I I'm, yeah, and I think that people don't. Oops, sorry, it just froze a second. Go ahead. Oh no, go go ahead. Yeah, that was the end. Oh, um, I was just gonna say I think people don't realize this is what I kind of kicked off my show at talk with is that when a workflow or system is non-existent or needs drastic improvement, people don't realize how much money is getting left on the table. And I mean, just one of my coaching clients, she is freaking rock star. Like she's already booked out for 2022. And I'm like, you are so amazing. Um, but she, uh, she was a coaching client, like way, way back when we're still like doing it periodically for other business stuff with her. Not like she does not need help with weddings anymore. Um, but she had created a follow-up system because she just had, she was an example of somebody who just had that first inquiry email with a pricing guide and she didn't have any scheduler for the consultation like that. They could just click and choose a time or, um, that part just wasn't really systematized. She didn't have any follow-up for the lead if they don't answer. And so that was something we worked on and she went from like one to 17 weddings in four months. And she was like, it's these follow-up emails. And I was like, she's, she's like, I just made like 85 grand. And I'm like, Oh my God. And she's like, all this money was just getting left on the table. And I think that it's such a simple tweak most of the time that people are just like, you know, add one email to your workflow of like, do you want to buy an album? This is why I love albums. And it's like, bam, okay. You just had potential to get a yes. And that was what I did with one of my other coaching clients. I was like, have you ever asked for an album sale? And she was like, no. And then she sold like seven albums in a week. And she was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. Same, same exact here. I, uh, I had Tony Christine on the podcast, uh, about a year and a half ago talking about albums and I did that. It was like July or August of 2020. And all I did was I put together one email, sent it out to everyone all of my, my past uh, clients for earlier in 2020. And then everyone going through the end of the year and just said, Hey, I really love these albums. This is why I love them. Here's some photos of what they look like and some different designs you can do. Would you like to add one of these on and ended up bringing in like almost another 20 grand for the end of the year. I was like, this is one email. This is insane. Like it's, and those follow-up emails, I also used to not do that because I felt like that was annoying. I didn't want to be like pestering them and just like knocking at the door. Like, Hey, Hey guys, do you want to, you want to, you want to send me money? Um, but like how many times have we opened an email and then been like, I'll get to that later. And then you go on with life and then it stays red and you totally forget about it or it's unread. I have, um, 15,176 unread emails in my Gmail right now. Um, a lot of that is promotion stuff. I know. Yeah. My, my wife hates looking at my email. Um, cause a lot of it, I don't know how to turn off Twitter notifications. It just sends me 
everything. Um, I also forgot my login for Twitter. So that's <laughs> not helpful. But um, but like how many times have we opened emails and then forgot about them? Mm-hmm. And then we're expecting our clients to just remember like, oh yeah, that was three days ago or a week ago. Yeah. I should get back to them. And sometimes that follow-up email is all you need for to just bring you back to top of mind of yes, we do want to book with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's scary to do the first time. Oh, and like calling leads. <laughs> that was that's the biggest game changer. If anybody wants a marketing tip here, call your leads. Holy yes. Jesus. Yes. Um, or like yeah. go even further and send them a video text message and it'll make you stand out. Oh yeah. And if that scares you, that's great. Um, cause that scares everyone else too. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I did not want to do that. And I was challenged to start doing that. Um, and I was like, I don't like talking on the phone. That is not fun for me. Um, I don't like sending, like I have kids and I have, I'm usually just like in a t-shirt and you know, not, not my hair is not done or whatever. Like whenever I get an inquiry, I'm just like at the house. Um, mm-hmm. but it also like endears you to them. Uh, where they're just like, oh yeah, I can see that he's just like sitting at the house, but took time to send me this video. And uh, yeah, and that has been a game changer because I guarantee you everyone else um, who's feeling that like that's weird and they don't want to call or they don't want to send videos um, is making you stand out. Uh, Because so many times I'll get, like I've I've had like mothers of the bride or groom email me or text me later and just like that video that you sent them immediately like that that sold me on you that you were actually excited to work with them I was like cool yeah I am excited to work with them um but yeah like doing those things they really make you stand out um and and it doesn't have to be super polished or anything I know I tend to lean on the um the perfectionist side of things and like I want to get things done and done well um, and sometimes that leads to not getting things done because it's not quite up to what I want it to be production value. Um, but yeah, like done is better than, than perfect. And sending, sending a call while you're holding your nine month old and they're just like babbling in the background. Um, sometimes I had someone book me because of that once, because they also had a nine month old who was doing the same thing on their end. And she was like, Oh, this is great. I love that. You're like a family man. And like, you're, you're working at home with the kids and all that. I really love that. Let's go ahead and move forward. And I was like, that's cool. Um, but yeah, Laura, this has been so good. I've like, I feel like I have even more, uh, more things to write down, like, uh, even more notes, um, from the notes that I have from previously. Um, and I know like, listeners for sure like go back to the front like write down all of these uh all these tips uh and they, they'll also be in the show notes for today um but kind of like summarizing this entire thing what are a couple like first steps that the listeners can do to to work into um creating a 20-hour a work week yes Ooh. okay uh number one get a crm number two right mm-hmm. down Quick, quick question. I don't mean to interrupt. Well, I guess I did. Um, but, uh, 
do you have any um, suggested CRMs since you've like kind of dabbled yeah. in a lot of those? What yeah. what works best for these? Um, I use HoneyBook. Um, I've used it for five or so years. I think personally, it's like one of the simplest interfaces and really easy to get up and going. I think like Tave is way more robust, but if somebody is not technically inclined, it is not going to be their friend. I completely Um, agree with you. Yeah. 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 Whenever I got into Tave, I was just like, this is a, it's a big learning curve um, of like getting started. Now that I'm, I've been in it for a few years. I'm like, this is so great. Um, But yeah. And I, I agree with, with HoneyBook too. Like I've, I've used HoneyBook before and it's super, um, the user interface is very easy to get into. Very easy. And they've come out with a lot of new tools. We're a HoneyBook pro. Um, we were one of the, so that means that we are marketed by HoneyBook and like vetted by HoneyBook to set people up on HoneyBook. Um, So I can give you a link for your listeners for 50% off if they want to check out HoneyBook. Yes, Um, that'd be great. Yeah, so that'd be my step one. And then step two would be, I mean, uh, there's like a million steps. So this is not really in any particular order, but start writing down everything you do for your workflow and then go through with highlighters and figure out what you can automate either like in that kind of scale of I can automate just as a reminder I can create a template for this or I can create a base template for something like a timeline or a family formal list or something like that um that'll really really help um and then always uh we didn't get into this at all but batching tasks is huge Mm-hmm. Um, so doing similar types of tasks all together. So if you have to write five social media posts for the week, writing them all in one chunk instead of doing it once a day for five days, um, that's a huge one. And you can batch literally anything, your finances, your bookkeeping, your admin tasks, your email editing, calling, um, podcast interviews, like anything. Um, so that's a big one for reducing time and then, uh, getting rid of distractions is a big one. Um, I know phones are, you know, obviously not going away. I did delete social media from my phone recently, um, just for more so for mental health than, um, distractions, but I love really simple concept. I don't know if I heard this somewhere or if I made it up, it has been, I've used it for so long, but, um, I call it a distraction list and I just grab a notebook. I put it on my desk and I literally write the word distraction on top of it. Use my United notebook. Um, and anytime I am doing focused work. If something pops up in my head, which it will like a hundred times a minute, I just go write that down instead of going to check my email or check another tab or open up Instagram or whatever. Like sometimes it'll be like, oh, it was my cousin's birthday and I forgot to call her or like today is my dad's birthday. I have to call him. So you can just be like, you know, call dad instead of jumping from my task and 
doing that thing because then I'm derailing and having to get refocused. So that is a huge one, especially for any Enneagram sevens out there because we are the notoriously scatterbrained ones. Um, and on that same line, having um, focused boundaries around your tasks, like time blocking is huge help. Um, I use the app Focus Keeper. It just mm. uses the Pomodoro method, which is 25 minutes on, five minute break, 25 on, five minute break. And just trying to focus on one thing for those 25 minutes. And then during that five minute break, you can go to your distraction list and get stuff done. Like you said, once you sat down and was like, I'm just going to work on the inquiry workflow for 20 minutes, like you were able to get a bunch yeah. of on it. So yeah. Oh yeah. That, that method of 25 on five off is so good. Um, cause I used to think that like, if I'm in the zone, I just need to keep going. And then I, sometimes that would work, but most of the time doing the, the 25 minutes working on a task, I can focus for 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. and, and if I start getting distracted, I don't have the distraction list. I need to do that. Cause that sounds like yeah. if I can get it off of my mind and like down onto paper and like, cool, it lives there now. I don't have to, it's not constantly just like, Hey, call your dad. Hey, call your dad. Um, but, um, but yeah, like the 25 minutes, I can focus on something for 25 minutes and that it also has like that end time. So the, uh, the competitor in me is like, I want to see how much I can get done. And then yeah. in this 25 minutes. Um, and yeah, I love that. I love that. That's, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. And I think focus is just such a, such a contender, you know, I could talk about workflows and systems and automations all day long, but even an unfocused person with the best workflow and system out there is not going to have the capability of a 20 hour work week. Um, mm -hmm. so I would say, learning how to be focused was a really, really good thing that I did in the beginning of my business. Cause I definitely thought that I had ADHD. Um, I still kind of think I do, but I was like, I can't run a business like this. And so I took a 30 day focus course using the app coach me. And now I just, it's, I have all those skills just ingrained in me now, but there are certain days where I just cannot focus. And usually it is something to do with either hormones, um, food, water. So like there are times where I'm like, I cannot focus on anything. And my husband would be like, have a glass of water. And I'm like, oh, and then I do. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm great. Uh -huh. um, so it's like water, eating healthy food creates so much change in focus, um, CBD, I started taking, um, for that. And then essential oils are like my bread and butter and vitamin B I believe is for focus and energy. So okay. I do all of the things when I need it. And then I'm just like, I can't believe I got so much done. And then there are days where I just don't help myself. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got nothing done. So that is a huge one because when we're going away on vacation, we all get so much done. We're just like, I have a deadline. And then it's just like pure focus. And you're like, wow, why can't I do all that on a normal basis? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny like how deadlines really just 
spur that focus and you can get focused and you can just dive in for hours and hours when before it's like, this isn't really, I don't have to do this today. So I'm just going to work on this. I'm going to get distracted by that. And my office probably needs some cleaning. So I'm going to go ahead and get up and do that, um, which is never, uh, my office is terrible. Um, <laughs> that's not a thing that distracts me, but, um, but yeah, no, I love, I love that. And, and focus is so such, such a thing that I think gets overlooked a lot is um, especially in the, the hustle mentality that a lot of people have is I'm just going to hustle and just do that. And as long as I'm hustling on something, then Mm -hmm. things are getting done. But if you can focus on, on individual tasks, uh, you get a lot more done. Um, And then you have a much more efficient work week and you can get it down under 20 hours and that would be amazing. Um, And sleep. Everybody sleep. Every, yes. Have little kids, but that, Sleep is a game changer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sleep, sleep and just rest. Like, I mean, we have our youngest is one or like 13 months. So um, she's still getting up uh, multiple times a night. Um, but, but just resting a little bit during the day and just taking 15 minutes and just being like, I am not here. I'm going to go sit and just like, you know, read or just stare out the window at the leaves falling, um, which uh, feels like a very Enneagram five thing to do, um, which I'm not. I'm, I think a six. I don't know. I'm all over the place. I feel like I'm a three. I've been told I'm a six, um, but I don't know. I probably need to actually take like a proper test. Uh, but anyway, awesome. Laura, this was so good. Um before we wrap up and we can like get uh, like where people can find you, follow you along, um, get signed up for that, uh, that summer camp that you're going to be doing. Um, there's a part of the show that I like to do where uh, we talk about what we're loving this week. Um, it could be anything from a book, movie, TV show, uh, a new workday stack, a snack. Um, what are you loving this week? I'm loving this new CBD tincture that I actually got uh in Phoenix after show at United on the way okay. to the airport. So that has been awesome for keeping me not having anxiety. So nice wonderful. And the RV. The RV has been what I'm loving this week. Yes. What um is is it like a um like a fifth wheel like pull behind RV or is it like a full on giant semi? It is a pull behind travel trailer. Nice. So okay. Thirty four feet. It is pretty big. We'll That's very big. Working from home in it for three months, so we both have a lot of Zoom calls. So I was like, okay, we need some space. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you can be up front. I'll be in the back. We can do our Zoom calls at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're uh, going California, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, Indianapolis, and Arizona, I believe. Nice. That's exciting. That'll be that'll be a fun trip. There's a lot of really good sites um, in in all those states. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the RV life is a lot of fun. Um, I, as a kid, I lived in an RV for a little bit, and there. We had the one which was like 
full on, like you drove the whole thing. Um, and it wasn't even, I think it was like 32 feet long, um, with the cab and all. And my bed was the one that like pulled down over the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And like, I slept like four inches away from this terrible, like seventies carpeted roof. Um, it was a fun time. It was really great for a kid with allergies, uh, to sleep that close to carpet. Uh, but yeah, that'll be cool. I'm, I'm really excited for y'all on that trip. Um, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, okay. Um, let's see, what am I loving this week? Um, I am loving a show that I got into a couple of years ago and then season three is now out. Um, and it's called glitch. Um, and it's, it's just a, a really interesting, uh, show it's, um, based and filmed and, a lot of the actors are um, Australian, uh, so the accents are fun. Um, but like, it follows this town where some people, uh, like, just one day, a bunch of people just wake up um, in their graves in a cemetery, and they just feel like it's another day. Like they just went to sleep, and then they woke up, and they like climb out, and someone finds them and they're like, they're trying to figure out what's going on, uh, in this town that this would happen. And, um, it's kind of like a little like sci-fi, not really a thriller, but like a sci-fi, um, uh, I don't know it's a, it's an interesting kind of drama sci-fi show. Um, and it's on Netflix called glitch. And, uh, I don't really recognize any of the actors, but, um, but it's good. It's, it's been a, a, an interesting one. I like the first two seasons and so far, like in the third. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. Well, Laura, um, where can people find you? Where can they follow along? Um, all, all of the things. Yeah. Um, the website is lauraleecreative.com. Um, there will be a second website findyourfreedomco.com I think is the domain I'm working on that website right now um by I'm hoping by Q2 it'll be live of next of 2022 um and I'm at Lauralee Creative on Instagram and at findyourfreedomco and yeah that that pretty much links everywhere and if there's um I can send you some links for the HoneyBook discount I'll send you for the show notes. And if anybody wants help with workflows, we have um, lots of resources on that um, in our shop and courses and all of that. We basically live and breathe that. <laughs> nice. Yes. I can, I can tell like just how easily you are talking about all these things. I'm just like, yeah, this is this is good. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, of information, a lot of knowledge, uh, that you have on workflows and, and just streamlining things. So sweet. Well, cool. Yeah. I will have all those things in the show notes, um, for everyone to check out. Definitely go follow Laura on Instagram. Um, you know, screenshot this, give us a DM, let us know, uh, what you thought about the show. I always like hearing, uh, from people, um, after they listen to the shows. Well, Laura, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been great. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is great. Y'all, I hope you had those notepads handy. I told you Laura was going to bring it today. Just those first steps of moving toward a 20-hour work week make a huge difference. And after all your workflows are complete and set up, just 
get ready. Seriously. As always, you can find all of the things in today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 96. This episode was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. Join us for the next live episode by joining the Light and Dark Photography Podcast group on Facebook. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. All the ads in today's episode are affiliate partnerships, which means you get a great deal while still supporting this podcast. We thank you for that. You can follow the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. Laura is at Laura Lee Creative and find your freedom co you can find me at all heart photo subscribe if you like the show leave us a review show some love share them with your friends i always love making new friends until next week i'll see you in the facebook group we'll do that one next time